What's going on and welcome back. What are the worst cards in Marvel Snap right now? We've had nine new cards come out since Silver Surfer. We're going to rank all of those today. And what are some key tips that you can actually take away to become a better player at Snap? We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of the Snapchat. And guess who is back? Alex, what's up, man? Good to have you back. Happy new dadship. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. And I want to say thank you to everyone for all the kind comments. It actually was incredibly heartwarming. And also, huge shout out to Molt for filling in. I mean, Molt literally filled in on like last moment's notice. Yeah, it made me want to have more guests on. And so again, guys, I want to open up with let us know who you want to have on the Snapchat as a guest. I know, Alex, when I was in the hospital and Snap actually launched as my baby came, I got to play a good amount of Snap, more than I thought, right? Because there's a lot of waiting around sometimes for different things. Did you get to play at all? Did you kind of like have snap in one hand, baby coming out in the other? It's funny you say that. My major goal was to catch up on lore. I was reading a ton of comics. I was reading, I got like multiple books I brought with me so I can read about stuff. And like, I find that so fascinating. But yeah, I did play, but you know what? I actually played poorer than I thought because like it was like 4.30 in the morning and I was so tired. I'm like, you're like, I'm down three locations. It's turn six. I I'll snap, you know, maybe. I guess I'm snapping. Yeah, this looks winnable. I got my Zabu on turn six. It should be fine. <laughs> well, we've got an extra long season for the month of January. We still have another new card coming out next month. And then we officially, there's only so many days left until the competitive slash battle mode is here and, and the card drop. So pretty exciting about what is bound to be one of the bigger updates. So Alex, what are we going to be talking about on your side of the channel? We've got our subjects on this side and we have some nice complimentative subjects on your side. We're going to be talking about like predicting incoming card nerfs. I mean, there's likely to be a balance patch alongside the battle mode release. And so we're going to discuss some of the potential balance changes that might occur there. We're also going to talk about our favorite and our most hated locations. I believe this is one of the topics we led with, but we've added so many more locations and so many of them are so hateable. So let's actually talk about those. And then we have, you know, what are the most annoying cards? Not the most powerful, not the worst, but just the most annoying cards, either to play or to have played against you. Yeah, I think we've got some good subjects today. And Alex, this has been a, a good month in general. You know, we've had Shayna come out, Dazzler. So right now, like if you're just queuing up on the ladder, what deck do you find yourself facing off against the most right now? So I'm kind of like in the 80s range right now, and I'm facing a lot of Silver Surfer. Like I feel like two to three, four matches is Silver Surfer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing Silver Surfer. So it's like I can't even be mad. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Typically, you see like the new season pass card the most. And Zabu is, he's common, right? But yeah, Surfer Man is probably the most common deck. We're going to go in and start with today's subject. And that is, Alex, we've done this, I think, back in November. The worst cards in Snap. So we're going to talk about right now, what are the worst cards in Snap? But also, which of those cards we think are going to get buffed as we should be getting a balance patch in the next few weeks, man, which is always one of my favorite things to come to snap. Cozy, I am super interested in hearing what you think are the worst cards because last time we spoke, we had a couple doozies. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, I think we've got a lot of nerd. We, we didn't get a lot of buffs last patch. We had a few Guardians of the Galaxy and, and a couple in the hazmat and black cats. So these are the cards that A, I think I went through every card, Alex. I went through every card in Marvel Snap and I tried to think to myself when I am testing decks and I often am doing a new build almost every day. Which cards do I just like blaze past, right? Which cards do I truly don't even give a true shot? And that to me is more than an opinion I could have, right? Like the ones that I just never play with. And I'm curious the same. 
Now, some of them were starter cards, and I think this is going to be an interesting subject, but I do think they need to get a bit touched up. I want to look at some of the more early cards that, you know, it's like we blaze by them and like, oh, I used to play those cards, but I don't want that feeling for any card in the game, right? And so the first one that kind of jumps to my mind are some of these starter cards and leading that charge, man, it's going to be Angel. I think Angel is such a weird fit. I mean, the only time I talk about him is... If you don't have other cards in the Destroy Archetype, use Angel. And I don't want that for any card. He's definitely on the list, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, the unofficial actual text of Angel is this card starts in your hand, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's totally unofficial. It's like Yondu who always destroys America Chavez. It's the exact same in the text without being in the text. Yeah, like, Angel definitely needs help. Like, I wonder if this is one of those cards that, like, just has to start at the bottom of the deck. You know what I mean? Like, is that what you give Angel? Because, like, if Angel never sees play, that's a problem. It's a good card. Like, if you think about it, destroying a card, like, let's say you play Squirrel Girl, you throw down Killmonger turn three, Angel comes flying out. Like, that, it's like it's like Chavez, where, like, you've reduced the number of cards in your deck. Like, that's a huge value add. Yeah, so... But, for, like, otherwise, he's, oh, he's horrible. For one cost, it's interesting, right? I don't know if they'll give him the Chavez treatment of this since, because people then would put him in so many decks if he's guaranteed to be in the bottom, right? Because with 12 cards, it's so... It's such a big impact, right? But I do think that if they could just add that he flies out of your hand as well, I think that would solve him and M'Baku, for that matter. If, if they could just fly out of your hand as well, it doesn't feel as awkward. And then you can kind of hang on to him, and it feels way more natural. And then if you get him in your starting hand, you're like, great, I'll kind of just keep him there, you know? Yeah, it doesn't solve the problem of like, you get them in your starting hand you don't thin the deck out and stuff either but at least you at least you're able to get the effective free play per se of him you know yeah i i absolutely agree and like you're so right like angel's such an like he's one of like the i've read the first x-men comic angel's yeah. in it and like he's being done dirty so like i would like to see a change i think you're right a good start's coming out of the hand i think that's right okay that's a good call because yeah. i like i think the deck dilution part or sorry, the opposite, the like the kind of deck thinning part is by far the most powerful effect. It's one of the most powerful effects in this game. It's a 12-card deck, right. right? So I think you're right. That would be overpowered if you started on the bottom. But coming out of your hand, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that I think that's like a little change that can happen. Do you have one off the top of your head that's like could, could definitely use a, a little bit of a buff treatment and is currently considered one of the worst cards at the moment? You know what? I, this might be controversial, but I'm going with Sandman. There was a moment where like Sandman felt like he had to be played. And even then, he felt absolute crap. People are playing Zabu decks, they're playing Surfer, Surfer decks, and Sandman still just felt so bad to play on turn four. You know, it's funny. I think we talked about Sandman a few weeks ago, and it's, you know, <laughs> I would argue every forecast went up in just the amount they've been played with Zabu, right? Like through the roof. And Sandman's yeah. still not. Like he's still skipped over. That's when you know. That's when you know he's got to get somewhat of a buff. Yeah, like even like four two, even like give us something. Like don't get me wrong, Sandman's one of those cards that I think is tricky. You've mentioned this a bunch of times. Where like sometimes you have cards that can be like really detrimental to the game long term. I know you talk about negative being like a constant balance thing. This game's about playing cards, and any card that restricts the amount of cards you can play, you know, has to be kind of handled with some sort of grace. So having an overpowered Sandman is probably detrimental to the game, but having this like pretty much useless Sandman feels bad. And so I'm not really sure what the answer is. Cause like he's if you're playing a good cards value deck, like Sandman doesn't bother you. If they drop Sandman, like you're out temp, you're playing white queen. You're like, okay, you just gave a five power for no reason. Right. But like, 
He should be better. I, I don't understand, but he feels so horrible to play almost every game. Yeah, like you can't have him be like, let's say he was a 3-0. You can't have him come out too early because then it's super restricting. However, he does have an ongoing ability. So then if you do play him on three, then you could just, let's say, Enchantress him and get rid of that ongoing ability. But then you're wasting a turn to help both of you out. Like it's a weird, it, it, he is a weird card to nail down. Maybe that's why he hasn't been buffed up because of that like maybe he's a tougher one to grab and, and and that's another pool two card for sure i you know it's funny i think a lot of the cards that we'll talk about are these kind of cards that they were great at their time of when you didn't have other selections right and i think pool three and four and five should open up the game and not like you know get rid of you don't want the power creep or anything like that another option or another card that i think is just always looked at alex always looked at as just kind of like it's a starting card Hawkeye tell I mean uh, truly tell me outside of the the early days when are you playing Hawkeye if ever I know I actually uh, early on there was a there was an argument to be had that Hawkeye was interesting with someone like Medusa for just a pure amount of power you can set up you throw Hawkeye blind into the mid location right <laughs> you play Medusa there and then suddenly like you have a lot of power there but like that didn't work out so great then I was experimenting okay what if we play Hawkeye into the left safe location that we actually know and we follow up with like a domino is he still good right you're always gonna have domino still never felt right like i think you're right but like if you make hawkeye a one two and he becomes a one four is that too strong what do you even do with this guy i don't know it's almost like he just doesn't he's another one where it's like does he yeah like does he even belong with the one cost he's just a weird card he's a weird card as far as how the flow of the game kind of works and like what you want to do because two cost man there's so many things with two costs there's so much great options to be had there and so it's, it is, it's, is it a power adjustment? Is it an overall cost adjustment? Is it an ability adjustment? All I know is like, who am I kidding? Both these guys together. I, I skipped past, they, they don't, there are just better options in, in the game right now by a good amount in all archetypes, right? And, and especially Hawkeye, who's supposed to be semi, you know, plug and playable into, into a lot of different kind of decks. And, and it's funny because you brought up Medusa. Talk about another, hey, starter card. And when I look at Medusa, because you have to play her in the middle, I'm kind of like, why not just give her one extra power? If And here's the thing, right? Because she gets, she would be pretty crazy at that point. She'd be, what, a 2-5? Not really, what, a 2-5, right? Which is, if you look, that's that's high, bro. But but you have to play her in the middle. She's another one that I, she's a starter card that doesn't get played. It just does not get played currently. I think that's someone at second dinner hates the entire, like, lore of the like Atelian because <laughs> black bolt's terrible medusa's terrible crystal's terrible and they're all like they're all the same family right and then but but maximus is there too maximus is pretty good when i met alex he was just a wee marvel virgin i mean you you did not know marvel and now look at you man i am i am impressed and i love it dude what a pull. I'm reading a lot. It's good. It's it's entertaining reading. What can I say? Dude, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. But yeah, so starter card, you know, starter cards, guys, definitely think need some work. I've got a couple other ones that I'd like to talk about. Do you have anything that comes straight to the mind? Electra is one of those cards that like when I have her, I find myself using like sunspots get eaten by Electra. But because so many people skip turn one, then they don't play any cards and you can't even temple her out on turn one. Like it's a card. It's a turn one card you hold. I feel like she needs to be a one, two just to be like, ah, you know what? they're playing surfer she just needs to be on the board right as a one one she feels so awful but yeah. i can see why like her trading with a hawkeye who's a one four or one three i can't now i can't remember what hawkeye is he's one three right hawkeye will become a one three yeah yeah exactly 
Like it's that's how forgettable Hawkeye is. Anyways, like like I feel like Electra needs one extra power. She right. feels terrible. Like surely, having her in her deck feels terrible. Because surely you can't make it where she can destroy random one or two cost cards. So, you know what I mean? Like there, you can't make it to where she destroys like too much value at one cost. But and I also think we'll see cards like her down the line that can kill like a random card, whatever. But yeah, she's definitely another like yeah, great example card that you know. I played a lot of Electra when I first started, actually. And then you get Killmonger, and you're like, okay, I get to help myself with Nova. You know, I have a counter to what they're trying to do. And she only hurts the enemy's one-cost cards. But there's really not a lot of instances where you, yeah, you're trying to direct for that outside of a sunspot, which, again, probably Killmonger at that point, right? And the other side to it is with Electra, like, when you have her, the meta revolves around Zoo. Yeah, so definitely, I think we're seeing a recurring theme. A lot of these starting cards... Now, here's some cards that I think are a bit more conversational, right? I see a lot. Uh, I, I see stuff that people want to see buffed and nerfed all the time. And, and I have more common ones to talk about. But let me go ahead and just shift gears. Let's see if this stirs up a, a while. And it's really not that big of a, a buff to her. I personally think that Agatha could be a 615 or higher. Because I think that right now, because of how stupid Agatha is in this game, her AI is that of garbage. Why not get the bigger payoff? Now, I do understand you can, you can Lady Sif, you can wave. Like, there are ways to get to, to cheat her, and you'd have to figure that out. But I don't know. May, there's some type of way I think that Agatha be can become a bit better, or we just accept she will always be a meme deck, and there's that kind of option, too. I like the idea that in Marvel Snap, any card should be able to be competitive. So I agree with you. Like, I don't think Agatha is truly competitive. I think that, like... I know there are players that have gone to infinite with Agatha, Plenty. but like, I, I don't think it sounds very plausible. I feel like there is like, you know, it's very, very, very difficult. But getting to infinite is difficult anyway, but like, I think you're 100% right. Agatha feels like a meme. And I think any card in every card of Marvel Snap should have legitimate pedigree. Like, I feel like you should never feel like, well, I'm playing Agatha, therefore, like, I'm going to lose. And if I win, it's a meme. Like, I think you're right. 615 feels about it doesn't even feel right like is that even enough so, or, i don't know i think that's okay um i have seen really no one talk about an agatha buff but when i ranked all the pool three decks you know every time i do the same thing until uh, and when i did the pool three tier list i'm like agatha it's fun you know and then it's a terrible card and you're like okay cool but maybe maybe we could adjust that and and i don't see that talked about and so are agatha decks dependable you know I'll, I'll be honest, they, they're not always the worst if you have a way a, a way to get them to work. And again, it's Wave, Lady Sif, Ghost Rider. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, is, is it supposed to be an infinite deck? I don't know, but it could be a lot better. Let's put it that way. And I never see the card. Uh, re really anymore. I don't see Agatha decks much anymore either, which is no. sad as well. So I've got Agatha pretty high up. And then you've already you, you, you touched on one of the cards that Alex... I think could be one of the lead contenders of getting a buff this next month because next month is pretty much deemed like discard month. There, I think that Black Bolt, this is it. I think we finally get the Black Bolt buff that we've been waiting for. I mean, we all know it by now. Talk about another just legendary card. Man, Black Bolt is... I want to use him. I want to talk about one of the best variants in the game and just a cool card. What are your thoughts on Black Bolt? I'm actually using Black Bolt now yeah. because with the featured location, like I'm knocking out deaths. But with that being said, I don't know if he can be a five nine. Like I, I actually, I, it's it's one of those cards that like five eight is strong. Yeah, his effect can be strong. However, 
I think it's one of those cards that probably has like a design landscape consideration where like there might be future cards that make this card more viable, or there might be something like second dinner hasn't touched them, right? They, no, I shouldn't say that. They buffed him by one just before launch, right? He was one of the ones that got touched up with Arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I bet you they have a plan for him. Like, I think the effect is cool. Maybe it's more like Moon Knight and it just gets rid of some card in their hand, but is that even worse? So this is what I think that they should do with them. It's really not. I think you 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 said that well. It's not that a five eight is bad. Here's the problem. It's the same problem with two cost that they're constantly adjusting. It's not that five eight is bad. It's if you look across, and we've talked about this before. If you look across five cost cards, it's so competitive. I mean, seriously, five cost cards are the best, pretty much in the game. I would actually say it's the best cost in the game, even to even to six. Like you have just game changing cards in here, right? And so even though the stat line is good, so, right? Like, do you want to extend a turn? Do you want to mess him up with Doc Ock? Do you want to lock down a lane with Professor X? Arrow moving. You can have vision for portability. Captain Marvel, Valkyrie, Claw, right? The stat line is fine, but when you compare it to this, so then maybe the answer is you reduce his power and then you take him down to four cost. Or maybe it's, you know what I mean? I think that there is room of a cost reduction, quite possibly, or even increase, that could give him more play. Maybe again, like you said, second dinner has a plan for him, but maybe that's what you do with Black Bolt. These are the other few buffs that I think are actually possibly going to happen. And look, the other Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Groot, Drax, they had their changes and it wasn't like earth shattering. I think it feels good. It kind of fits in. You know, I think maybe we could see our boy Star-Lord go to a 2-3 with a plus two power if you play him on the right turn. That feels like a good change for the Guardians. I liked what they did with Groot. I don't see why not just do it with Star-Lord 2. 3 is a good stat line, but it's the same as armor. And then you're just, you're not risking it. And I just, I want to play more Star-Lord. I, it's one of my favorites in like the MCU and everything as well. So I think this is a realistic change, Alex. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that totally makes sense. I'm surprised they didn't change him. They must have some sort of metric. Like, is he being played more? Like, I don't think so. No, and I don't think you could do Rocket just because of that way it works or Mantis. But I do think you could do Star-Lord, right? So it's this... I think Star-Lord fits the mold. 2-3 is completely fine. And then the 2-5, you're like, awesome. Like, you know, you feel good about getting it, but it's not the end of the world. I honestly think we're going to see this one either this month or or next month, Alex. So yeah, Star-Lord I have on the book. Here's another 2-cost that I... I'll be honest. I've been playing more and fitting her into my decks. And it's working. I just think maybe something has to change to add her to more decks because she's definitely underplayed. Do you have an idea who I'm talking about? I, I mean, you're putting him on the spot, but like the one that sticks in my head is Akoye. Yeah, uh, Koi- oh, I, I do like the Akoye pick. No, it's actually Quake. Now, Quake is interesting. Oh, okay. I've been playing Quake a little bit more recently and finding some good use from her, right? Like with these kind of like, there's a lot more negative locations per se out there and Quake kind of solves that issue or... You know, you're playing an ongoing and onslaught citadels there, or you know, on reveal Kamartage, and you're like, hey, nope, and you just switch everything up. It's honestly a lot better than I have given it credit for, and I think she is underplayed as a whole. Does she feel correct? No, and I think it's because she falls in the last card that we would talk about in Crystal. Clearly, at this point, is regarded as the worst card in Snap. Yeah, so it's like her and both of them have this middle play location mechanic, which I think is super awkward about them. Crystal's bad because hand draw is just so important to Snap. Crystal's bad for more reasons than one. Quake's almost there. She's almost there, Alex. I just don't know what to do to make her feel just right. 
I have a counter argument. I think Crystal's okay from that perspective because I think there's going to be times you don't want her to shuffle the hand. Okay. Right? So playing her on the edges is like beneficial because if you're like, oh, I got Triskillion and it's it's uh, you have your devil dinosaur and you don't want to actually cycle your hand, but you want the power on the board. That's an awful example, but you get what I mean. There might be times where you don't want to cycle your whole hand, but with Quake, I think the major change that completely changes Quake is if the rotation of the locations is predictable. Like oh, if it wow. always does a specific pattern. So then when you have Quake in your hand and you say, oh, Onslaught Citadel's on the left, it's going to move to the right. Like it does a shuffle. So you can start playing your Wong mid. You're starting there like, huh, what are they doing? And then, then you switch it, but you've set up your board to take advantage of the switch. Yeah. And honest, it wasn't random. And honestly, I like that because like Heimdall does the movement there, but I like the idea of more location. Locations have so much RNG in this game. So ways to kind of more predict, uh, have that more predictable. And then here's the thing too. Like, let's say if it's all to the left and bar with no name is the one that would move to the middle. Well, then you can't really play Quake in the middle or whatever. You know what I mean? So it still has that con to it too, which I like. And it has that kind of weird feeling. That's not a bad idea. I think that that's definitely in the cards of what could make her a bit more viable. But I will also campaign that I think Quake's better than we give her credit for. And to try her out, I think she's a lot of fun. And at the top of the list, me and Molt talked about this. Nobody expects it. Nobody expects no, Quake. No and I love that about the card. Uh, so yeah, Quake, Crystal. Yeah, garbage. We know that. And I was going to lastly touch on... One last one before we go to our next subject. Our last card that I want to talk about, and this guy is on the fringe. He's right there. He's right there with should he be somewhat adjusted. And at first I was looking at, you know, Captain America, but I think he does the right thing. I think he feels pretty good. But you know who I think doesn't feel that great of a card is Punisher. And I don't, he was another one. I'm like, I kind of skipped past him, even in the Silver Surfer meta. Yeah, I think there has to be math with him that him and Captain America are like perfectly countered, like perfectly counter synergist, not counter synergist. What's the word I'm looking for? The value of them is equal. Like if you have a Punisher and they have four on the other side, he's a six. If you have Captain America and you have three cards with you, he's a six, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's why he's a three two because the Captain America. So if you have to buff Punisher, I think you buff Captain America as well. Not necessarily because Captain America, you have control. You over. control him. That's the biggest difference. That's right. Yeah. So you think you're right. Maybe a three three because then they have the agency of how much power they well, give the Punisher. Well, and if you think about it, right? So three six, right? Okay. But then Mojo's a two eight, right? So and it's the same. You have to have all four. So it's kind right. of it, like I if Mojo's a two eight then surely the Punisher can be better at a three cost. That's where I kind of want to see it. I get it. Sometimes I think trying to be fun and thematic can be an Achilles heel, right? Of like, well, the captain's this way. Let's have him the exact way. Sometimes that kind of feels weird. I know they messed that up with the Avengers. They used to be one cost Hawkeye, two cost Black Widow, and then Thor kind of messed things up with his cost adjustment. Sometimes, you, you know, you can't just go thematic. But definitely, I wanted to try to talk about ones that aren't often talked about in things that I see so commonly placed, right? But Alex, that takes us to our next subject, ranking the weekly new cards. Now, guys, we're not going to do another pool five and four She-Hulk rankings. We've done that a lot. We've done it on my channel. We've done, Alex, I think you've done it as well. But what I want to talk about is with all these pool drops, I want to talk about tokens in general in the new cards. We have nine cards. I put in Surfer and Zabu as well. Don't have Black Panther. Which cards should you instantly unlock or they would be worth that price, right? Worth it at 6,000 tokens, like potentially worth it. We have the wait till pool four drop, wait till pool three drop, 
or it's just completely garbage, right? So I think this is interesting because it, it brings up the discussion of mainly, do you wait till pool four, like Sherry, or do you wait till pool three ultimately? Now for the two season pass cards, I think we're going to hold on to that main discussion on when we talk about upcoming nerfs because the Zabu versus Surfer discussion is a lot of fun to have. I think they both could qualify as potential instant unlocks, but I also think there's some different takes on that. So let's start with Shayna, the She-Devil. And Shayna, I think it has come across better than people expected. Right, Alex? But off the bat, you know, S through the, the D tier here. Where where do you place her? Because I think this to me is definitely a wait until pool three drop. I agree. One could make the argument that you could wait till a pool four drop. Like if like you yeah. know you've been buying bundles, you got the tokens, and you like the the play. Because I, I think she's a very interesting card, and I think it's not like in the same sense of like I think we we kind of misinterpreted a little bit. I have been thinking about this card a lot since it came out, same. and I wonder if the actual play is playing her on turn six. Hmm. Right? It definitely is, yeah. And I think people are kind of sleeping on that. Like, the idea of playing her on turn six and just like, whoa, it's like, it's kind of like it has this Doctor Doom effect. But you have Blue Marvel out. You've got Kazaro, right? Um, you probably have Zabu on board, right? So it's like, so she's a two-cost. You get to play something else with it too, right? So I think, I think she, I, you could definitely unlock her pool four probably. But I think you're right. The safest bet is to just get her pool three. Yeah, because what's crazy is she's four-cost and on turn, especially if you like Sarah... You can get like so much power at once on that last turn. Like she's way better than people give her credit for. I have her in the pool three. I will probably get her in pool four because of Dazzler. And we'll talk about that. I think I want her for Dazzler so bad. And I think there's this kind of new-ish zoo kind of archetype forming even on top of zoo currently. Uh, I think for the majority though, just token wise, comparable to everything else out there, I would personally wait until she probably gets to pool three as a yeah, lucky drop. She's C tier, yeah, I agree. But she's it's it's I, I would I would argue both though. I, I I do we might adjust that right. So the next card on the list is the only one that has not come out yet, and that is Shadow King. It says six four here. They adjusted him. He's actually a four three, and it sets all of the cards back to their base power at a location. And this is a new tech card, which I think is always interesting to have into the mix, right? And for that reason, I probably have for the general you know, snap community. He's one that I would consider at a pool four drop for 3000 tokens to add something to the arsenal is kind of nice. And then again, Zabu, you now have Enchantress, Shang-Chi, and this guy all going to be effective at essentially two costs. If you do have Zabu, what are your thoughts on Shadow King? I think I can see the, the sell for him being a B tier unlock for pool four. I would probably wait till pool three because like for me, it's like, okay, like, what are you really doing? Like, yes, obviously the Ultron Patriot list get dismantled, right? Like there's, it has utility. There is definitely like some great utility with this tech card, but at the same time, if they're doing Shuri into like Red Skull, just use Shang-Chi. We have a tool for that. We have a tool for that. Just delete the card. We don't have to reset it. Delete the Red Skull. Just get rid of it. You don't need to reset its power. There, yeah, like there's some that skate under that just a hair, like if like a one pass of Brood Silver and a few other instances. We've talked about it before. Like, does this affect ongoing abilities? And that's going to be kind of a major uh, play there. And it also like just depends on what decks you hate losing to. You know what I mean? I, I think that's such a, a huge impact. But yeah, you're right. As far as like the superpower decks, you know, Shang-Chi away. But then if you have two tech cards now to handle that, I kind of like that. I kind of like having a better chance to pull, kind of always having a, a turn six potential option. 
Uh, Shadow King's one that I have been waiting to unlock. Definitely for me, I will buy him day one. And I think tech cards are super interesting to, to have as new cards coming into the game. Next century, and I'll save us, you, me, the viewers, the listeners, all the time. We're not even going to talk about him, really, bro. Garbage. Garbage. Just You're even, garbage. Even with Zabu, man. Even with Zabu, the best you can do with him, and I have him, I've had him for a month, is if you get Zabu, you can play him, and then you can play Viper for four costs and send a negative eight. But dude, you have to have so many th locations go right, have the right cards in your hand, have the right play, not have Cosmo on sides, not have... He is such a weird card, man. He's garbage. You know, obviously, I guess garbage and wait till pull three drop are kind of, you know, they're not the same, but they're also, you know, if you pull them in pull three awesome you're still not going to use him that much i don't know i he, he's a weird card man he's a weird card and, and i'm going to keep trying him but I, I do not like him at the moment next card we have sauron 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 what are your initial thoughts of sauron what do you think i mean to me this seems like a b tier something that you could probably wait till pool four drop it is probably better than that but i'm taking into consideration how scarce tokens are yeah it's a good card this is a good card but to spend those tokens, it really, like, it fits in only a very particular archetype. It doesn't have the universal appeal of perhaps some of the cards we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah. So it's like, I'm okay with it being in B tier. He's that weird feeling to me of, like, if you play zero and that's your thing, he's an unlock, you know. He, he makes, he, he's a good card with zero decks, period, guys. He is a good card with Red Skull, Typhoid, Lizard. Seriously, the guy is insane for what he can do for zero decks. However... It's like if you compare that to Shuri at the same cost currently, it's like Shuri's great for zero decks too. I would have him here. Like that's why this kind of exists. However, I would say even as a zero fan to just have those tokens go a further amount, get him at 3000, like wait the month. I'm a zero fan and I didn't get them. You know, I, I think there's just better cards to get out there in, in majority. And again, I'm always going to go bang for buck. I, I'm a big zero fan, but I'd rather have like Dazzler. I'm a big Patriot fan, but Dazzler works in multiple decks. Sauron is limited to like ten, like seven cards, bro. You know, that that's my opinion. And I think you, you did good there. Noel, do you have Noel? I don't. I was going to unlock him, but I didn't have Galactus. So I was like, eh. mm -hmm. I kind of want to unlock Galactus naturally. Yep. Even though like now that I'm in like the 80s ranks, it's like I just playing Galactus decks nonstop. It's like, come on, I want Galactus. I want Galactus you first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I think Null is pretty interesting. I think it was like, I think it's surprisingly better balanced than I originally expected it to be. I thought it was going to be shattered. Yeah. And it's not that good. It, it's good. It's damn good. But it doesn't like, you don't see it in like, Death Wave destroy less the way you see it in Galactus. No, I like Noel. Noel is very interesting. I think he actually works out pretty well. He's that card that like Galactus, man, he's a game changer. He's so good. No one yeah. expects him. That's Noel's biggest like punch up. Nobody. 100%. I have played a thousand Galactus games now, and I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, he, he has death. You know, I've got the bigger play. And I'm like, dude, I have a 40 bomb Noel just waiting to slap. Like, it's insane. It's really good. And I do like Noel a ton. And especially if you can cheat him out early. I had a game where I've mystiqued him. And he's like, he's he's nuts. I do like what he's got going on. As far as if you have Galactus and, and you Galactus and Noel together, I would unlock him whenever you can. If you like Galactus yeah, and that's where you're playing. Yeah, if you have Galactus, he's S tier. Like, basically. Yeah. He, like, he he's is like card. a pinpoint perfect card for that deck <laughs> but it's so weird because galactus has other cards that are just fine like galactus is usually not a power issue it's a tech and initiative play you know what i mean so you can just shang chi or you can valkyrie and do the exact same thing 
So it's like, it's just a better, sexier Galactus play at that too. So it's weird. It's like a weird card as well. I'll probably put him, mm, yeah, probably wait until pool four. Not pool three. He's worth 3,000 tokens in my opinion. He's better than Shayna probably. Is it, yeah, better than Shayna. I would agree too. Uh, but yeah. Shayna, yeah, Shayna's, Shayna's is getting better by the week. But, yeah, but Shayna may be better than we're giving it credit for at the same time. Yeah, Shayna. We'll have to we'll have to do this again. I like Shayna. <laughs> yeah, we will. And well, that's the fun thing. We could definitely revisit. Dazzler, I've got it. Brand new. Too early to speak a ton on. Definitely not worth 6,000 tokens. There's no way. There's just, there's better cards out there. But she's solid, man. I think she's so good because of the way that she works with just, I fill up so many of my game locations, right? You have to do a little bit better of a job, but I've noticed how many cards truly fill up, fill up the board if you want to. Like Squirrel Girl, yeah. Mysterio, Sinister, yeah, Brood, and then that already works with Silver. So you're you're having cards that fill up the board, but they also work in meta decks, which I think is something to be spoken to. But right now, I like her so much because she's so surprising, and she will lose that, right? She's going to lose that eventually. So, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. I want to put her... I, it's too early. For now, I'll say, be safe. I'm going to say wait till the pool three drop. I but, think she's correct, especially when you consider Mojo's 1,000. Like, Mojo's 1,000, this is 6,000. They're yeah. not the same card, but let's be honest. 100%. And guys, I might come back and be like, Dazzler's the best thing that ever happened in the game. Finale, see. And, and, like buyer's remorse. Yeah. And then uh, we'll make this quick. We don't need to talk about it too much because we'll talk about this definitely on Alex's side of the channel. Darkhawk right now is, is the instant unlock. He's the Shuri if you could have bought her and had the foresight to get her as early as you could. Darkhawk is is, is is something else. He's something else. Yeah. He, He's a value Darkhawk's card. Amazing. He's amazing. I unlocked it. It's great. Like it's a four one, and then you just mystique it. Mystique's a three zero. Like it's so good. It's just so good. It probably needs to be a four zero minimum. Oh. Like it is such a good card. Like, it is really good, and you get to activate Rock Slide. You get to use Korg. I love Korg, and it's like it's just a good card. Like all around, all yeah. around, it's a good card. Yeah, I love Darkhawk. He, he Darkhawk. When you get a card that is. He to me feels like if you had, and it obviously isn't, but if Devil Dino was in a in the in a pool five card, I would say the same thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you get to have a card with value all the time, and and it's like that you can control, and that's the other thing, right? Because Ronin is fun. I do think Ronin has this weird spot, and he's the definition of a card. I think that Second Dinner has their eye on to do stuff with the future. With you know, I would like to see ways to. So this is. He gets better as you add cards to the opponent's deck. I would like to see a card that gets stronger the more cards you have in your deck to have a counter to Darkhawks out there. I think that'd be an interesting take, an interesting thing to see out there. But yeah, this is definitely right now, we had some in the A tier. Right now it is empty to our audio listeners. But this is kind of the kind of what I am seeing here. We've got Shadow King, Sauron, and Null in the wait until pool four drop. Pool three, Shayna and Dazzler, with honestly Shayna probably being able to go up to B tier. And Sentry is the biggest, like, if you pull him, he's one of the only ones that if you were to get him in a, a collector's thing, I'd be like, oh, dang it. It could have been any other card, you know? All right, guys, so that takes us to the last subject. We've talked about this in bits and broken up before, but this is Snap, right? This is one of the key things that I want to continue to encourage people to know, and that is, what are the core essentials, Alex, to become better at Snap? What can you do? You see the new cards, you see everything. How do you start climbing better? Forget Infinite. Let's just talk about how you can start climbing better at Snap or you feel better and feel like a better player in some of the takeaways. So today I'm going to give Alex some prompts of do you Snap or not Snap in this situation. 
as well as just we get exposed right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, uh, no, no early judgments. And I also want to hear what, like, yeah, in the comments on YouTube, guys, if you guys would snap in the situation, that'd be fun as well. But let's talk about how do you actually get better at the game, right? New cards, yes, I get it. I think it feels bad not to get them for the the fact that they're the new flair, right? But let's talk about, do they make you a better player? If you have Darkhawk, can you just ease your way to infinite? No. You know, I asked Molt this, but how, how much percentage of 100% would you say decks and the deck you play attributes to how good you are at Snap or, or your, your potential to climb? I would say 25%. Okay. I think Molt said 30, so that's great. A 20, 30%. I think it's somewhere in there. You actually, you know, you have to have a decent deck. However, guys... What I want to talk about is the other things outside of the deck that are more important. So if that's only 30%, that means 70% of the other things that you could learn to be a better player in Snap. And that, I think the biggest one, and we've touched on it before, but is learning to predict what's happening. The more you have knowledge of what's going on in any match is going to help you. Now, we're going to talk about snapping, but these kind of coincide together, right? Alex, for me, especially, your snapping is going to be a result of knowing and predicting. It's all about predicting the power of what they can potentially get, predicting the power that you can get, what cards do they need to complete combos, what cards do you need to get your combo off, and then what is possible in turn five and six, and then you add in tech cards into that, right? So that is, to me, man, that is at the top of the list of important. Absolutely. And it's crazy that you mentioned that because like, so this sounds a little strange, but really, and so I'm a high school teacher and a lot of my students are really into chess right now. They love chess. It's really popular amongst like some of the younger generation. So like, I've been kind of like, as a result, I've been like checking out a lot of chess stuff and like, you know, kind of getting interested in it myself because by, by proximity, I'm getting hyped up about chess a little bit. Anyways. One of the things I've learned about chess and how to get actually really good at chess is that like the best players, it's not about making decisions on the fly. It's about pattern recognition. They're recognizing patterns of play and they know, okay, this is the pattern of the board state and this is my response. So like it's this experience profile of building a pattern uh, profile and like being able to recognize those patterns very quickly and make the moves that are best for your position. And Marvel Snap is so similar. Like Marvel Snap, being able to identify that this is a, you know, a Spectrum Destroyer list, right? And being able to play accordingly. This is going to be a Silver Surfer list. This is a Zabu list. I got to be aware of the Spooner Man into Absorbing Man combination. Being able to identify what's being played against you relatively early and having a strategy in advance. Not one you're like, well, I might be able to do this, but be like, no, my deck is designed to do this and this if this situation happens. That's experience. And I think that's huge. I love what you said about the chess. And that's a good comparison. And with Snap, right? Like chess can't introduce new pieces, right? So Snap, you have like new pieces coming in and you can add that layer. I think one thing that I've gotten better at and that has helped myself is let's say Patriot. Immediately, I always tell myself, worst case scenario on my side, I always tell myself they're going to get the plus four from both Patriot, Mystique on turn six, right? So I just add plus four to everything everything and if i can't beat that then i'm pretty much screwed but then i look at the board space on turn six and i judge if he can even pull that off or if there's cosmos in play uh but patriot that's one example same as silver surfer i see brood immediately plus three across the board right and you can know the power that you then have to beat at that lane and you can identify that a lot more early 
or you see the brood lane and you say, I'm done, not even gonna go for that lane, I'll go for these two lanes, destroyer, I'm gonna challenge the armor lane, not one of the possible destroyer lanes, right? So there are things to learn with the power that you have to beat. And in my opinion, the sooner you can learn that in the, eh, not all the meta decks, but just the, the top combinations, it's gonna help you tremendously with your snap decisions. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's, you said snap decisions. Being able to identify when you got to snap, when you got to retreat is critical. And that's probably what your next point was. Because once you start kind of playing a deck and you start to build that experience profile with that deck and you start to build an experience profile of what they're playing against you as well, you can then identify like, okay, I don't have my combo pieces. They just played Zabu on three and they snapped. I'm out. I'm yep. out. I'm not, I'm not playing this through. Like, there's no point. Take your one cube. It's not a loss. You're giving up one cube to fight another day. Because if they're dropping Zabu on three and they're snapping on you, and you don't have your pieces, and you go next turn, you doubled your losses. Oh, yes, yeah. something miraculous might happen. But you know what? Go next. Go next. That was my leading, should you snap? I was going to say Zabu turn three, snap or retreat, and they have it, you don't, right? So like that, that is some of the ones we are going to do. And I think, guys, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's the biggest point. Like Mr. Negative, people that don't see how that deck works, it's not that it's going to be winning like eight cube, eight cube, eight cube. It's more of you retreat when you don't have the combos, you stay when you do, and you snap. And then over time, you're going to end up having such a net positive amount uh, of cubes in general. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up an excellent point because like, for instance, there's also different scenarios where like you could have a game that if you retreat, you're losing two cubes. And if you go, you're, you're risking eight. Like that is a situation you're like, don't take a 50-50 there. Yeah. Even if you're like, I'm giving up six cubes, Alex, I might win this 50-50. Not worth it. It's not worth the gamble. Walk. Yep. Right. Just be more conservative. Like just that decision to be more conservative for me has rocketed my rank. Because yep. like, listen, I'm the king of just like being chaotic. I will play waifu Agatha Dex turn one snap. I will do that. But if I want to rank up, the best thing I can do is be conservative and just protect the cubes, man. Protect the house. That's all you need to do. And uh, it makes a definite difference. And like, again, the pattern recognition is important because like, tell me this, Cozy, you're talking about snaps. Okay, tell me, would you snap here? Turn one. It's turn one. Would you oh, you're turn flipping one, it on this? me? Okay. <laughs> I put it on Come you. Come on, man. I got turn all my list here. You, okay. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Turn, In your me. hand, you have Psylocke. And you have Mr. Negative. Turn one do snap. you turn one snap? Yep. Turn one. No question. And why? Why do you choose to turn one snap? Because there? I'm set to have such a bigger advantage right off the gate. I know exactly that I know for the most part, depending on the deck, you should have the deck built for it, uh, that I have such great odds to get the Mystique and Iron Man free play. I mean, that that right there, if you get that, you're going to pretty much win. And so there are some obvious ones. And that's the other side, right? When you do have your combos... And it's the, the the few select ones that are obvious, right? You snap. It's Galactus decks. Been playing a ton of those. Guess what? If I have what I need to have right away, I'm snapping. There's no question. Because why even waste the two cube? I, I might as well collect my two cube win. You should snap when you have the advantage. And you're telling the opponent, hey, if you want to see what's on the other side, you do have to push the limits, right? Like you have to go ahead and, and go in. And that's why actually I know a lot of people that snap on turn one often because they're just good players. And it kind of like evens out. Uh, but I like that, right? Psylocke negative for me, uh, that's a snap. Now for you, Alex, how about this? We got Daredevil snap on five. They snap on you on five. Do you stay? Do you go? And I would say you're one card away from your, your main combo, but you have a good hand going into six. I would lean towards walking, especially if it's only one cube. Turn five, it could still be one cube. If they Daredevil and they have enough of a board presence and I'm missing a key piece, 
Even if I could make magic happen on turn six, I don't risk it. Does that change if you have your combo? Yes. Okay. And you would stay and risk the one execute. It also depends on like the deck, right? Like if I'm playing a good cards deck and I have some initiative and if I can predictably gap a Professor X play and I don't think they're playing Spectrum. See, again, this is this is why Marvel Snap is so complicated. Right. <laughs> like listen to the sentence I just said. Right. We'll keep but, it, um we'll keep to snap and retreat, okay? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. line, you say snap retreat, and I'll and I'll 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 say my opinion. Okay. Brew they they play brew turn three and you don't have your combo. And they snap. I don't I don't retreat. I keep going. Okay. All right. I like that. I would say for that one, yeah. I mean, it depends how far off I'm him from my combo and if I like have terrible board presence. I can give a location. That's my thought. Like I can give a location. I gotta win two. I don't have to win three. Okay. Yep. I like it. Turn one snap, you don't have your combo. So Psylocke, they might have Psylocke and Mr. Negative. And you don't have your combo. The gamer in me, I I go. If it's if, if I'm playing a Zabu deck and I'm not holding Zabu, I probably retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair. If you're if it's Silver Surfer, I'll ride it out because I have six turns. So Okay. All right. And then yeah, I was gonna say turn one snap and you do have your combo, you stay. Yeah, you stay. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Okay. Bad locations. It's turn three. Kind of an even flop, right? No one has really anything, let's say. Okay. They snap. You probably just take the loss. If it, if loca- locations can have a huge impact. Like, like make no mistake, I, I'm willing to walk there. Okay. What if you have ba- bad locations, but you have good combos? They snap. They snap. I'm willing to stay. If I got my cards, I'm willing to stay. Okay. I'm thinking in my head right now. I'm going to think of like one more tough one. Because to me, this is one of the more tough. This is one of the, oh, this is, this is great. Okay. So you're, you're winning. Okay. You're winning everything. You have all locations won. And you have your master combo about to happen. You get leached five, they snap. Leech is one of those cards. He's so tough. It's so tough because every situation is so unique. If I'm playing Leech and I'm holding Magneto, I could not care less. Right. Right. If I'm playing Leech and I, I pull Chavez on six, beautiful. Because you know I have Chavez in almost every deck because I'm a co- total clown. But if I'm playing Surfer, I'm walking. Uh, no, you have priority, but they have a Wong out on four, they snap. Hmm. That's a good one. Wong is tough. Wong is one Wong of those ones that like is so terrifying just to leave unchecked. Like if you don't have an answer for Wong, if you don't have enchanted, you don't have rope. Yeah, you, you have, have no cosmo, you have nothing. You have nothing. No answer. There's no answer? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I probably walk. Like Wong is that is like the one that is so terrifying to be staring down the barrel of. Like Wong can do so much damage yep. so fast, right? So I have two more for you. Both these are fun because they're RNG games. You're dominating two lanes. Third lane's Dark Dimension. They have four cards. They snap on turn five. Oh, man, that is such a head game. And I don't have Cosmo? Yeah, no, yeah, you have no way to counter. Oh, man, the gamer in me goes, I think. But that is, that's wild. Like, what is that circumstance? That that has to be like an Omega Red, but even then, if you have enough power on the other sides. It's, it's that or Gambit in my head. I'm like, he's about to delete Ooh, my entire side. Gambit combo. The Gambit combo is the one I always fear on that. But that, like, If he beats me with Gambit combo, I'm, I'm giving him the fist bump he earned. <laughs> yeah, you're like, right? Okay. Okay, so these last two are RNG ones, right? So you're winning. Doesn't really matter. Uh, either Sakaar turn one or Morph will take both of those into 10 plus power card. And I have 10 plus power or they have 10 plus sorry, power? Sorry, let me rephrase that. X-Men Mansion, Morph, or Sakaar, give them a 10 plus power card. You have your combos. They snap. And I got M'Baku, right? Um, I'm willing to walk. If I don't have Shang-Chi in that list, like if I'm not playing a Zabu Shang-Chi list, if I don't have like an, if I know I don't have an answer, I'm, go- I'm gone. I think, it, yeah, for most, Sakaar is the most interesting. If they have like a Red Skull come out and I have a, 
not a card like if my silver surfer comes out I'm like all right i'm out but if it's red skull versus like my brood you know i'm like i'm gonna stay so it does it, that one's kind of interesting as well so guys that's what we're talking about there are hundreds of those and if you guys like this let us know and we'll do this like maybe you know uh, on a bi-weekly basis here or every other week and a lot of these come from experience of losing our cubes alex right like i've lost cubes in all these situations so then i know the next time not to fall for it not to go for it whatever that might be i can't tell you how many times i was you know in early on i was killing it playing a patriot deck and uh, all of a sudden i got you know i got ultron the other day i even lost on one i should have known i had a misty knight a kazar and i think it was onslaught and for whatever reason, I don't know, just didn't think about the Ultron that would just buff the other. And I was I was winning by a landslide. Right. But then yet they had the huge power come back. And so very interesting situations you find you'll get better with it. But in general, if you can predict what your opponent's doing and you learn to snap on four or five, even three, even turn one with Psylocke, Mr. Negative sometimes, that's how you become a better player in snap and, and retreating cube management, everything combined along with good decks. Along with good decks, right? So, and on that note with decks, I think about everything Cozy just said. You know, would be an advantage crafting your own list that's wildly unpredictable because that would take advantage of everything we just said. It does not allow people to know what you're about to do. Yeah, screw the meta, <laughs> screw the meta. <laughs> but what I will talk about right now is we want to take a second to predict some card nerfs. Now, Cozy, we recently got a patch that buffed a lot of cards. We got some buffs and, you know, we got a couple nerfs too from some co couple heavy hitters in the meta. But, you know, our Gardens of the Galaxies got buffed and now we got to talk about nerfs. And what I will preface this by saying is that, like, let's, let's admit, like, Marvel Snap is pretty balanced, right? Like, it's a pretty well-balanced game, but there are a few cards out there that might need a little bit of a bonk with a nerf hammer. And Cozy, I want you to hit me with one. Yeah, it's funny because I think they're starting to get rid of the ones that are super obvious, right? Like super, like these need to go and they're going to start going into the territory of like, man, I like that card though. You know, uh, it happened to me with Arrow. Still stayed great, but these are just probably a bit overtuned. And the first one I want to start out with, there's a lot to talk about today, but the first one I want to start out with is we always go back to the two cost talk, right? Uh, two cost is such an important one. They've nerfed a ton. They've helped a ton. Angela, I think I've settled into a really nice place. Mysterio, the same. Those are those are good. Over time, I think they worked out really nicely. I want two costs to kind of always be a wide open cost range of different cards you can plug into the deck. And the one that I think is a little above the rest because of just the impact it can have on other decks, on just the more often than not situations you'll play the card is Scorpion. Scorpion right now, it, it, he's, he's all over the place. He's all over the place and... Iceman, Scorpion, Sunspot, Scorpion. Scorpion is in most of the decks out there being used as the two-cost premier card to be plugging in. There's other options out there, and I don't think he needs anything major, Alex, but 2-1 feels pretty good to me. I think if he goes down one power point, I'm fine with it because, you know, it, we don't know what the opponent has in their hand, but if you do hit all those cards, he's massive, dude. He's a big, big game changer. It's funny you bring that up because I, I believe he was 2-1 and he was awful. And like, this might be one of those cards that feels hard to kind of correct because like, do you give it the Nakia treatment where it's like it only hits some cards in their hand and then it's just awful? Do you give it the 2-1 power and then it's just too weak and it feels horrible to play? Like, what do you actually do with Scorpion? And Scorpion is kind of keeping Silver Surfer in check because the Brood impact is significant. So like, 
He's but he's overplayed. It's such a weird card. It's hard, and this is what we talk about. Like the game is pretty balanced, but like you're right, Scorpion is. It's a heavy hitter. It hits above its weight. Like it's easily like a two six. Easy. It's like a two seven two eight sometimes. For me, the thing with Scorpion, it's the same way that I did the nerfs, right? The worst card. Sorry, is when I blow by cards that I'm never using. It's obvious. Scorpion is just being played so often. Now, does that mean you need to nerf all the cards that are being played often? No, but I, I, yeah, I just, I see him too much for what I think he belongs in. But yeah, it, it all these are delicate. Uh, I would never want to be the guy responsible for these. And, you know, sometimes it just takes him out of the meta play a little bit more for a while. And, and maybe if he goes back to being not played at all, then they, they fix it, right? But uh, I do, I would have him as the first topic I wanted to kind of talk about today, Alex. Give me one that you have on your list that you think is going to be an incoming nerf. We talk about it very frequently. It has to be death. I think death is one of those cards that, especially with the amount of locations that just benefits death now, like, I feel like every location is like, oh, destroy works great. Death's a free card now. Like, it's happening very often, and I still think this card might just be too good. I think it's really. Just, I, I think it just keeps going back to me for wave. For me, it's just the wave situation, not the death. Yeah, it's 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 the death, and it's not even like death wave all the time because I actually think death feels good a lot of the times for what you have to give up and you're sacrificing turns, you know? But like the wave situation and reducing, you only have to destroy two cards to make the interaction work crazy with wave. And, and to me, that just doesn't feel good. Wave, funny enough, because we might as well talk about it. Wave was on yeah, my side. We're basically talking about the same situation here. It's it's a death wave we need to result. Like. Exactly. Wave was on my side, because with Wave, you're getting the crazy cost reductions with She-Hulk, which is just, you know, because Bayros played a lot less these days, like just period, uh, Bayros not played near as much. But in general, with Wave, she's doing so much more. Like, first of all, she's having you, having the opponent decide, okay, well, I kind of need to play my, you know, it could be Heimdall. It could be whatever they were saving onto Magneto for the crazy power shift. I should play him early because I get the advantage of power now. So you're getting that. You're having your opponent play really one card most of the time on turn six. With Zabu now, that's all over the place. And then you have the whole death interaction. So it's a weird place. And I think it's so simple. I think they just don't let that affect the cards that can have their cost adjusted. I, I, I don't think this is rocket science. I think that's going to be the fix. Yeah, it's kind of the idea of like, remember how like with, with magic, you had like the stack, right? I haven't played magic in a long time, but like there was like a, like a stack order of spells, right? Mm -hmm. And like this is make wave override the Sarah's and override the Zabu and override the, the way the, sorry, the death effect, like just set the damn cards to four. I don't know for like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's like the resolution because uh, I think you're right. Maybe I was wrong to say death was the problem. It probably is actually wave. It, it feels, it feels off. It just feels off and it's gone on for months now. And I, I just think they should adjust it in general. But yeah, I definitely like that you brought that up. And, and on that note, I, I think before we get into, because honestly, the other four I want to talk about are either season pass cards or new cards. Before we talk about that, there's one card that I hold dear because I love him, but he's starting to kind of, mm, he's strong. He's strong because his con is a benefit. I want to talk about Magneto. I think Magneto honestly could be looked at because if you look at all the pros and cons of all the six cost cards and when to play him and whatnot, the 12 power staple that Magneto has with the ability to screw up your opponent, don't touch his ability. I think 611 is fine. I think 611 is just fine. 
Magneto's great. Like, I actually really like Magneto. I would counter to say that sometimes his effect is a disadvantage because, like, you're assuming he's going to be able to man fight whatever he pulls. The disruption is good. But, like, you often play Magneto in a lane that, like, you kind of want to win. Like, that's 12 yeah. power. That's significant, right? But, like, if you're pulling Kazar and pulling, you know, whatever with it, is there a chance you don't man fight that anymore? So like it, I think it, I like the nuance of it because sometimes it's like, okay, you know, I'm pulling these cards and I don't think I'm actually going to win the location I'm playing into, or you're like, I'm just going to mess up everything. But then arrow messes up everything better. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't know if he needs to be nerfed. I just think 11 power is still a hell of a lot. He doesn't compete with Hulk in the total power range. And then with Magneto, you can play him on a full location, negates the power play him on cosmo negates that or you can use the power to your advantage and that's what i think gives him the little bit too much and here's the thing this was the card i was talking about in the intro the one that i love that i don't want to have kind of messed with but i think he is starting to just kind of stand out a bit more if you look at good card decks out there he's always there he's always in that yeah, it, 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 because of i think what he does and it's a weird he's a weird one but i, I think even 611 is still good like, 11 costs... I don't think we actually have an 11 power. Uh, not Do you have cost. Orca? Did you, did you tell me you didn't pay money Oh, no, I, I pulled I, I I pulled Orca, my man. And I got the Pixel Orca at that. Orca you something. played this card? You upgraded oh, Orca? I, oh, yeah, I played the hell out of it, dude. It was fun. Yeah, I, you, I wanted, you hate your MMR. I think people, you know, trashed on him early. And now that I've played him, I can confidently say he's not good. I, I mean, yeah. I wanted to see if he worked with as an alternate destroyer. Because it makes sense in theory, but it never works out. It, it, it's just so much less consistent, you know? Cool. The only thing that Orca destroys is your rank. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you are, uh, and he'll be the only card there at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so he yeah. gets his ability to activate at least. But yeah, so yeah. Magneto was uh, the spicier pick, Scorpion spicier pick. I could go off the, you know, the hot flavors that, you know, a lot of people talk about. Let's Before you do that, oh, yeah. I got I got to bring up one more because I'm actually shocked because you were like I got a card I love, and I think it needs to be adjusted. I'm like I know what he's gonna say, and okay. you didn't say it. Okay, on my list, I'm looking at it right now. I have zero. Ooh. Why is zero one three? Why why can't it be a one two when you're doing all this stuff with with Typhoid Mary? You're doing all this stuff with you know Red Skull. Why does zero have to be a one three? Why does Hawkeye have to earn the one three so aggressively? You said that the, the con to Magneto is a positive. Dude, you were talking about zero. You didn't even know it. But zero's turn one. Magneto's turn six. So I think yeah, zero. Yeah, that's even easier. But I feel like with zero, though, if you don't get the pulls, like if you play him turn one and you don't have anything to play and then you have other combo pieces, then you're like, oh, I can't use that now. Like I'm not able to use it. Or like, I don't know. I feel I, I get I I do get what you're saying. You're getting defensive. You don't I, want zero to get touched. I don't. No way. I, you're, I, gonna, I, I'm, you're gonna cut this out of the podcast. I like I like. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go over to Canada and cut it on your side. Yeah, I think that he feels good because then where where do you stop? Right, Blade. Oh, he helps out Dex. He helps out discard Morbius's, right? Even though it's a random yeah, a random cut. Discard's hella. Everyone hates Blade. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I see with as zero climbs in popularity. I think that the one three is nice. I mean, but I just have to ask this. Magneto, you lose games too. Have you looked at zero and been like, this damn, this is why I lost. This is no. why I lost. No, it doesn't have that impact. But you're right. It is a one cost card that can't have the same impact as a six. Still, dude, this card is wild. It is good. It's I a good card. I like that you brought it up though. Because I do think that as like, like meta's come and go, right? 
like let's say zero is just like clear cut top meta no matter what months to come then yeah like you know i think they have to uh this was deep cut too by the way like good good job I, i'm excited that uh i i can tell you i was not expecting zero and uh and that that was a that was a fun one to talk i, I like it we'll have to see i want to hear what uh commenters have to say how do you feel about zero uh, uh for you guys but alex what about season passes right zabu surfer to start us off which one's better in your opinion so I've been playing a ton of both Zabu and Surfer, and I gotta tell you, and I want your opinion too, and I'd love for the, the the chat and comments to kind of kind of get in on it as well. I think Surfer is definitely better than Zabu, and I don't think it's close. And I know that might be a hot take. Here's why: Zabu, if you don't pull on turn three, feels just awful. Everything feels terrible. You have until turn six to pull Silver Surfer. And so your combo piece, you can play later in. You can make easier decisions on snapping and retreating. With Zabu, it's, I mean, Zabu might be easier. If you don't have it on three, you could walk if they snap. You probably do walk if they snap. We just talked about that. And if you have it, you snap. But drawing something on turn three is very different than waiting until potentially having it on turn six. And I think that's the major difference from like a pure tilt factor. And um, I think that the play pattern on a Silver Surfer deck is much more straightforward. I think that the burst effect is incredible. I think that there's the supporting cards are better. Yes, on Zabo, you have like the Absorbing Man, uh, Spider-Man combination, which is great. But with Silver Surfer, like seriously, you could solo win a lane with Storm Juggernaut. Like it's like Storm Juggernaut one lane, Brood another. And the game is already like insanely in your favor. So yeah. like, I just feel like Silver Surfer's play pattern the need for it to be drawn by turn six, not turn three. And honestly, just overall how powerful it is makes it better than Zabu. It also makes it a nerf candidate. Yeah, so I'll start off by saying I think they both need to be uh, adjusted. I do. I, I don't care if money was spent on them. Uh, yeah, that's tricky, but they, it, it's, they're going to still be good cards. It, you know, they're not nerfing them to the ground. Um, I would say I think Zabu might be better at top in play. Uh, like top, top in play. I, 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 by a good, like Zabu and the things that he can do, if you have every card in the game, let's say, or if you have Darkhawk even, uh, which we'll talk about here, uh, Darkhawk Zabu is just so incredibly insane that uh, it can win even without the guy, right? But as far as just getting consistency, I do love how easy Silver Surfer is. And I would agree most. I think Surfer is fantastic. They're both really good cards. You did bring up a good point of you need Zabu. Um, but Zabu feels a bit kind of like Mr. Negative in the sense of like you leave or you stay and you get the, the huge cube win. Uh, and it's interesting because with Zabu, there is decks you can make that consistently get two cubes, four and eight, right? Guys, Spider-Man Absorbing Man is cool and all, but you're going to get like two cubes. Like it's, it's most of the time, it's not that crazy because your opponent's gone. When you leave them no choice, there's nothing they can do at that point, right? And they're just going to leave. Whereas Silver Surfer... He's starting to get to that area when I see bruise and yeah, like kind of what you said. It's like, I'm out of here, right? Um, but because there's a lot of three cost cards that fit into other decks, um, he could be tricky to know if he's going to be played on turn six or if they even have him or Zabu, you're looking right at him and you have a lot of turns to counter that, right? Like you have a lot of turns to Enchantress or Rogue. Um, I think at top in play, uh, Zabu, but Silver Surfer is insane. They're both great cards. For Surfer, he is super tricky. If you give all three cost cards plus two power and you make them like a three one or three two, does that feel right? 
I mean, it's hard to say. Like, it's one of those things. Like, like I guess internally, second gender would have win rate kind of information on them. Uh, this card's winning games though. I mean, it's definitely and I wonder if like if it has to be like a three three that does a plus two, and then you have to play. Then you're incentivized to play like a Killmonger Nova combination to make up for that that difference, right? Which I've been doing by the way, and I think it's an amazing combination. Um, so I think there's creative ways that you can work around it, but I do think it probably does need an adjustment. Uh, plus two power across the board. I mean, probably makes sense. I think. I mean, Nova was basically that in beta, right? So like, we've seen massively sweeping changes to these types of cards, but the pay element to it's interesting. The idea that this is a paid pa- card on a battle pass that suddenly gets nerfed. Do they nerf it That's as it goes to the general public? And now they're like, oh, thanks. So everyone that paid money gets to play it at super powerful. That now that you know the the free to play players get to access it. You're you're nerfing it, like thanks, I guess. Yeah, I mean, right? that's like, bound to. Ha- I mean, people, yeah, people are going to love to say that in the comments. It's it's, a, think, it's a difficult situation, and like, but it's all, I don't know if but it's but right the health of the game, honestly. I, and I guys get mad. It's like I don't care. Like like be, be mad. Like I'd rather the game be healthy than be the, mad. <laughs> well, because here's the thing. It's not like they're going to make them terrible. It's not Overwatch where Genji is amazing and then he like gets nerfed to the ground and it's not played. Uh, I mean, if they did that, then I would be pissed. Like if they made Silver Surfer garbage tier. But I, they've done such a good job of making never having a card disappear to oblivion. Like Mr. Negative went from huge power, huge power. Was he? And blanking off the dose like it was four four maybe uh, four three whatever he was. I forgot. And he went down to negative one, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? And he's still playable. Yeah, very playable. Yeah, he was a four four for the longest time. Exactly. So uh, Bishop was a three two. He was basically the auto include in every single three slot. Angela was a two one auto include in every two slot. Y- yeah. So it, yeah, you're right. It's this careful balance, though, of like like Darkhawk, for example. You don't want to. <laughs> he does need to get nerfed, but you don't want to nerf too quick. But you also don't want to nerf when he drops, because then it looks like you're just rewarding those that paid, right? So a hundred percent. I will stand on the side of I want the game to be healthy, uh, but I do think that uh, you know he's not going to be a terrible card. He'll be one that you can plug in, and, and was still worth all the resources you got and getting to play him early and everything on top of that. I think feels yeah and one thing you mentioned prior to that's really interesting is you 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 hit it perfectly when you said that zabu probably has a higher skill ceiling and i think that in the hands of like a truly talented player zabu is incredible because like the play pattern is very unpredictable with zabu are they going to absorb man are they like what are they going to do with the zabu are they setting up a wong play like what is it there's so many variations Whereas Silver Surfer has a much more predictable play pattern. Very. So I think that's why you might see like, oh, this guy plays Zabu. And like, you really don't quite know what you're going to get hit with. Yeah, that's why. Whereas I, Silver Surfer, you start seeing the pieces fall. That So that's what I, yeah, you hit the nail of what I kind of was going at is like, yeah, I think Zabu is much better at top in play. I think Silver's really good and he's great. He's a great card. And I think too, if you're trying to get to like 90 rank, uh, even infinite, but if you're trying to get that, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's a easy staple to watch a movie and play a Silver Surfer deck. Like it's, it's, it's pretty you know, brood it out, storm it out. Um, but yeah, those Agatha two. the Surfer? Oh, yeah. Agatha. Did, did I say New meta. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Could, could you imagine? Um, but uh, with uh, the next card I want to talk about is going to be Darkhawk. And I think that this one's pretty easy, guys. Darkhawk, insane. Great card. Uh, I actually don't play him that much just because I'm doing other things with other test builds. Uh, but he's Another insane. classic cozy variant flex, by the way, here. <laughs> uh, but uh, this one's not even like the best looking one. I just, I saw it and I was like, I got to grab it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Darkhawk, honestly, I think you said on my side that you wanted him to be a four zero. I don't love that. I think I would rather, cause like, dude, he still has so much power. I would rather him be like a five three ish and kind of what they did with devil dinosaur, that treatment. 
per se feels right because that the biggest thing you take away is the whole Zabu thing with him. That's got to go. I think he's got to become a five cost man. I really do. Um, the other side, and I think uh, people might hate the fact that I say this. So there are some cards that have ongoing abilities that aren't ongoing effects. So you have like Collector, right? Who it's kind of like an ongoing, but it doesn't actually count. Of course, yeah. Whereas Morbius is a true ongoing. This is an ongoing card. If you get rid of the ongoing section of it and just that this card gains plus two power, it's like a bit of a cheat that it exists in this game, eh? It prevents the Mystique copy. Tell me, is the problem Darkhawk or is it the fact that you can Mystique it at near identical value? I mean, it's, it's like it's it's like the difference between Devil Dinosaur and Mystique. That's a three power difference. That's enough that Mystique on the Devil Dinosaur isn't quite as worth it. Well, that's where I right. think the five cost would just solve it, you know, in a sense. But Darkhawk just is just value, bro. He's just value. He it's insane. He's uh, and it's like Rockslide, whatever, you know. Black, you could do um, Black Widow and Corrigan. It's the same effect, man. It, it's it, it's still such a good opening combo that you're also benefiting from. So I yeah, think the five cost would feel better. Uh, but yeah, the Mystique play too. That's the insta snap, right? Like that's like the, you're done. But I do think the biggest problem with him is the Zabu play. That, to me, that's what feels the, the like, because you're already getting Rock Slide. You're already getting a Wong Shuri. Like, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've done Wong Shuri into Rock Slide. And then I'm like doing all these massive power moves. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm beefing up my last play here with this guy. You know, it, 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 it's, it's insane. Right? He, he's, he is obviously, guys, this is a, a card that I don't want to see happen again uh, with Pool 5. I, I don't want to see something this value centric. Uh, and uh, it, having to wait the two months, you know, I think he's the he's one of the leading him and Sherry. Uh, Sherry missed the mark. Uh, Darkhawk, as far as like went, you know, how great she was. And, and for that matter, to to be honest, Sherry, if we're gonna look at her, someone who plays Sherry every day, uh, just make her a four zero, and I think she's fine. I think four zero feels good. You get her ability. She doesn't need power, man. She doesn't need power. She needs no power uh, at all. And, and and the double card power at that's insane. Yeah, and I think that like with Shuri as well, like um, there's a the, the pattern recognition straightforward, like for the retreating element. So I think it feels okay too. With the five cost Darkhawk, you still have the opportunity to play a turn six Mystique into something else as a three cost. I really like that solution. Um, I think one of the powerful elements of the Darkhawk deck is the disruption as well, because Shuri doesn't have that. Shuri doesn't have the play style of well, I just corked you, I just black widowed you. I just, uh, you know, I rock slided you and now you're full of rocks and I, oh, look at this. I just played Odin on top of it too, right? Like, it's like, there's so many ways to really disrupt your opponent with Darkhawk and Shuri doesn't really do that. And one of the best plays I think with Shuri is the Shuri vision. Cause then you could like move and dodge the Shang-Chi a little bit. And other than that though, there is a clear answer. There is a very clear answer. I mean, you could Shang-Chi Darkhawk too. You could Rogue Darkhawk. You could Enchantress Darkhawk. There's tons of counters, but it does feel more oppressive, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it, I think it's just it, it's being obviously played too. Like you can just <laughs> you can just look at top and play. Like if you anything past uh, infinite rank, not and, and not you have one sided camp that's uh, once they get infinite, it's like I just want to play fun decks. The other me molt we're just talking about this, uh, but then the other half, it's like if I want to keep climbing, it's like a lot of them right now is Dark Hawk, Zabu, Sherry that action right there. Um, so uh, those would be the ones that I would uh, nerf. I think, man, we really covered great cards there. Uh, I don't have any more on my side as far as obvious. Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, I mean, I have on my list leader. I have one I'd like to throw out. I got one more um, okay. that maybe is worth talking about. 
What are your thoughts? And I don't know if I even want to say this because, like, I don't think it needs to be nerfed. But like, what's up with armor? Is it too good? Is armor too good? Like, talk to me about armor. I think armor's played a lot. It uh, is. It's I, one of those cards that becomes an auto include, doesn't it? Like, it feels really, really strong. Is armor a nerf candidate? And remember, the reason why I bring this up is because, like, I was surprised when Mysterio got nerfed, right? Because they clearly had some stats in the back where they're like, you know what? This card's too good. It's not what we wanted. Is armor becoming too good? I think they nerfed Mysterio because you could use his illusions with Patriot and Carnage and Bishop. Yeah. And so Bishop, you ended yeah. up getting, like, 10 power, 11, 12 power plays. With armor, you don't get that. I think armor's fine. I do like, I think she's played a lot, but I think she's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, it, like, honestly, that made me think. I like that. That made me think for a second. Uh, but I think she's fine. I think 2-3 is good. She's definitely an auto-include, though. Uh, just, But I mainly... She's an auto-include because, uh, like, Shang-Chi's a 4-3. He's a 4-3. She's a 2-3, and it's a tech card. They're both tech cards, too. So, so like, armor is a good value at 2 cost and a tech card. So 2-2, two, two, like, like, because she counters destroy in a lot of ways, and she helps you. Armor's just a good card, though. The nice thing about armor as well is that, like... It leads perfectly into our next conversation about locations because mm -hmm. armor is actually a bit of a saving grace for a lot of the locations that are becoming increasingly more challenging to deal with. Um, now, we're going to be talking about favorite and most hated locations right now, but locations in general are becoming like increasingly exhausting. Like the idea that some locate, like there's so many destroy based locations, and that's fine. But like one of my absolute favorite locations on the planet is like Nova Roma. Draw me a card. Let me play a location and not have to sweat. Let me play my damn cards. Give me another one. Let me play the card. Cozy, is there a time where you see Nova Roma and you're upset? No, and I think you bring up a good point. And I actually think I said this on like uh, when I was filming a battle. Mid-battle, I got another negative location where I had like two like just like ones that I had to play around, which is fine, right? But with the new location coming every week and they want to be fun and tricky about how they do them, there's, there's, there's a lot of navigation. There's a lot of, that feel like bad. One thing I just want to see to be candid is on their website or wherever. I want to see high chance of showing up, medium chance, low chance. And I want to look at the locations right there, show the general public. And then you would have that feedback, right? So like if I saw, um, what, what do I, I feel like I see Lamentis three more than I should. And I'm like, is this in the, in the low chance or is this medium? If it's medium, what are you doing? Right? So, uh, I think they're fun. I love, I, dude, I love when ego shows up, but I feel like I get mindscape like, or weird world every other game. And, it, and at times it's like, it's a fun thing to try to work around. Um, but how often are they showing up? So I, I would love to see transparency or even a way that you get grandfather or like the cycles. Uh, 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 in some ways, maybe they could figure that out. That it, ultimately, one way or another, if they're doing locations all the time, which I love in Marvel Snap, it's why I love the game, uh, or one of the reasons, they're going to run into a problem, right? Because like every week, I mean, they're going to run into like too many or whatever. I want transparency, buddy. Yeah, no kidding. And one of the things that like I was thinking about, like this is kind of like a shower thought. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Like feature, I, there's a reason why I don't stream on Wednesday nights. I, I can't stand feature locations. I'll be honest with you. I can't stand them. They drive me friggin' nuts. They make me not want to play the game. And I know that I'm not alone in that, in that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. But also, like, locations make Marvel Snap really unique. So they got to be there. They have to be... And the other side to this is, I was thinking about this. I was like, you know what? I don't like featured locations. But I think I would miss them more if they didn't exist. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make any sense? I'm like, if they weren't there, I think I'd miss them more than the fact that like, I kind of am annoyed that they're there for 48 hours. And I think the major problem is I, you kind of touched on it. Like the probability, we need to know what the probability of different locations are, but I don't know how the programming works or I'm not a game dev. How many times have I said that on this podcast? All but wouldn't time. it be kind of a good thought process to say, okay, what if we make it so that there are certain certain buckets of locations that can only exist in one game? You can't have three negative locations. One of them has to be a semi-positive one. Like, like I don't know, there's like gotta Nova be something Roma or whatever. There's got to be something that does that, right? I can't tell you if I've ever had, like, I don't know, Bar with No Name... Sanctum, yeah, and then like I don't know, ego, or what Luke's bar, right? Like I think it exists, maybe, but you're like I don't know. I feel like that I would see that so much more out of all the games I play. There's got to be something, but even more so, I I, I would agree there, hundred percent. Yeah, I just think that like locations, ha they they have to be fun. This is a game that has to be fun. Locations can't be exhausting, and I feel like we're starting to hit that point where some of these locations are exhausting to play around. Because Marvel Snap's a three, four minute game. A lot of us are playing a lot of it. Some of us are playing it on the can. Just have a couple of rip, rips. That's fine, right? We can do that. That's the beautiful thing about Marvel Snap. But when you're playing for like, you know, good sesh, good hour, whatever, and you have like locations that are constantly exhausting, I think it detracts from the experience. Yep. And I can't be the only one that feels this way because like, I love, I keep saying Nova Roma. Just draw me a card. So let me play on a location. Nova's your favorite. Let's just do a couple favorites and most hated. Uh, and we'll go, let's start with favorites. You have Nova. Um, I like that. I will, I would say Sinister London. Uh, like the ones that I, if I see, I could have bad cards, combos, all of it. And I'm like, I'm staying, right? Like if I have a bad opening and they snap turn one and Bar Sinister's there, like I'm doing it. I love Bar Sinister. I want to see some madness happen, right? Uh, like Bar Sinister, Sinister London uh, would be the two for me that I'm like, hell yeah. Um, what are the ones that stick out to you immediately? I, I don't know why. I've always liked Fist Tower. I think it's kind of interesting. Okay. I've always liked the mechanic. Also, I'm I'm a huge Polaris fan. Like I play Polaris on so many lists. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always liked that. Um, I mean, there's the thing about locations is they're so varied. There's so many of them. I like uh, Muir Island. Um, you know, that's Muir Island's the plus one one, right? Yep. Yeah, the raft's the other one that you know you want to fill as well. But Muir Island's really cool. Raft is interesting. Um, I think that's it creates a lot of interesting dynamics in the game. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite by any means, but I think Raft is interesting. I I, I think Alter Death is just fun, dude. If, okay, I don't like it. You're doing a future location was tough, but it's so you're like you're creating an electro each turn on a random game. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, but you're destroying cards again. Oh, well, you're just see, destroying cards again. But do you hate all negative locations? Because another one I would say is Bar with No Name. I actually think is 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 a ton of fun as long as the other neighboring locations are there too. Because it's it's such a it 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 makes it different in a good way. Yeah, sometimes. I think Bar with No Name is really interesting. I have no problem with Bar with No Name. But Alter, like, Alter Death, Death I could okay. be without. Okay, and and okay, that that's fair for me. It feels like it makes everything a ramp deck in sorts. So I but it comes with a potential punishment. But I do I do get that where it destroys your card. Um, a Titan, I think Titan's great, dude. Just even the Titan's like, great. Yeah. Elysium is up there as being one of my favorites as well. You get Elysium, like everyone's just enjoying. Yep. Um, Titan's a good example of that too. But um, what's the one talking about negatives? What's the one that does the plus one? Is it Dream World, Dreamland? Does the uh, plus oh, one no, turn no. five? Oh, my most hated location in this game is Dream Dimension. That's true. That's it. I hate Dream. I, I don't know if it's my number one, but it is Dream Dimension and Mindscape. And Mindscape in the right games are fun. I feel like I see Dream Dimension so often, and 
it's the biggest problem with magic. Because if you're forcing me to play magic on five, it, it like, it just ruins that card. You know, it, 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 and a couple others. But yeah, Dream Dimension, man, I... I wish that one didn't exist. That's on the top. That's near the top of my list of like, I just wish that one did not exist. Um, and even with it, like, what is the design purpose? Of, like, what is Dream Dimension attacking? Like, is there really a point to it or is it just pissing everyone off? <laughs> right. And that's where it's like, I want to see the analytics, man. Um, but uh, yeah, so those those are fun. I, I like Grand Central. I think Grand Central's interesting. Oh, come on. Grand Central's tilting. So I like it because, because uh, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't like the random, like, Sakaar, you know, like, Cool. They got this. I got that. Grand Central, you can you can make your deck work and play things early or differently to have it pull a good card or a better mm -hmm. option. That's what I like about it. If you play smart around it. It's the way better version of uh, Expansion. Yes. It, that's it. That's a good sense. Ego, fantastic. I'd never see it, but when I do, I'm like, okay, sign me up to this rodeo. You Snap. Know. Yeah, well, that's the rules. Um, and uh, as far as those, I think those are good. I think, um, you know, Asgard's fun. These little meta games on certain turns is kind of interesting. Uh, Limbo turn one, dude, sign me up. Or Limbo turn two. I'm like, all right, this is now a seven game for both of us, you know? Uh, so yeah. those are my favorite. And I think we covered a lot of the, the most hated uh, in that as well. Yeah, I think if I had to really pick like the one that I enjoy, it's probably either Nova Roma or Elysium. I think those ones like just feel great. If we move on from this topic and not bring up Subterrania, oh. I don't think our I don't think the comment section would ever forgive us. Dude, they call me the Rock King, bro. Like I I am a collector of rocks when Subterrania comes up, man. It is so yeah. frustrating. I I'm hate sure that. I hate that one. All the Darkhawk enjoyers, though, eh? Oh my god, dude! Have you seen the? I, I love when there's um Lichilla or whatever, and you have a Darkhawk, and I saw this guy just like playing all of his cards in there, and I'm like, dude, I have like a fifty, <laughs> like a fifty yeah. burger on Darkhawk over here. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that Lachilla or whatever it's called, I don't want to say it either. You said it wrong, so I'll say it wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, that one I like compared to, to Subterranean because that one, you have player agency, much like yeah, you were course. talking about with Grand, Grand Central. Whereas like X-Mansion is just like, hey, there's their infinite. Enjoy your Iceman. The Iceman's a good pull. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for like, sure. Uh, so I really like the idea of having that agency of when rocks enter your deck, as opposed to subterranean views being like, F you, like, right. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 100%. And, and I think a lot of the newer locations have done pretty good. Like, uh, I don't mind Throne Room. Uh, Warrior Falls, I go back and forth. It's pretty annoying, but uh, it is it's it is what it is. It's interesting, at the, least. The glitching is annoying. I actually love Gamma Lab. I love, like, the, like, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Like, who would get a race? It's early enough to be like, all right, I'm retreating. I lost that battle. Or I've got a Shang-Chi. Uh, dude, Morag, is that the one where you can't play the card there first? I hate that location. Freaking hate that uh, one. Morag might be the one that you can't play on, like, the first card there. Yes, that one. I don't like it. And then there's Vormir, which is the first card you play dies, right? Which is fine. That one, I'm like, I want to, like, tell you, sacrificial, you know, Nakia. But on on uh, Morag, <laughs> Nakia, I'm, come on. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's Black Widow. That just happened most recently. So I, I was, okay. that one came to mind. Um, but uh, Jotunheim, love the metagame there. Like, a lot of these have good metagame, and I'm curious to see how many times they can uh, keep that up. Uh, Actually, I like Jotunheim as a Colossus no, enjoyer. Oh, yeah, I do. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a metagame. It, it's fun. And it's like, okay. I have a Maximus. Can this can this boy take the heat for a couple turns? You know, is it worth playing on on four or you know whatever that might be? On that note, there was like a like it must have been a month ago. We talked about how Colossus was an underrated card, and I feel like Colossus is coming up quite often with some of these locations. Freaking Rickety Bridge, dude, kill me. Oh, that one was that one was. I wish Rickety Bridge was if there's the same amount of cars on each side, 
then they the bridge stays right like a rickety bridge because then it's like you both have you know you both have one card and you're like all right and then you're like you know what i choose i choose to i choose to you know kill yeah. the cards but or uh, like whoever has the most cards on it gets destroyed like titanium value oh okay yep so it's interesting i think there are ways to make it fun uh for sure um awesome dude well uh that's it that i got on locations so talking about annoying cards alex i want to talk about cards that aren't just tech cards like i want to hear from the viewers and you uh, I, we could talk about tech cards for sure those are the most obvious like i hate cosmo uh who also by the way i have in the picture i we should have said him i think he might get adjusted uh but what are, what are the you can include tech cards here most annoying card in the game go it's ice man it's ice man it's the only, it's, ice man is got to be one of the most annoying cards you know why because ice man low-key tax hits sarah in the, if it's in the opponent's hand that's what it does Hits Zabu, if you're pointing. Hits Silver Surfer. It hits exactly what you don't want it to hit every single time. 60% of the time, it hits it every time. Oh, for sure. I do feel like Iceman is definitely... It, like Scorpion, for that reason, I have there, too. Uh, just oh, those Iceman open... Scorpion. It's one and two. Yep. One and two on my list. I, okay, I like Iceman. I, like, for number one card, I would say the number one card that I see when it's played, right? Like, just existing, I'm like, it's fine. And then it's played, and I'm like... I hate everything. And it's because I love combos, bro. I love them. Leech, man. God, I hate that alien. Mutant, sorry. I, I, I like Leech to me. And the main reason why is it because as a content creator, I've got this play, man, that I have. And I'm like, this is going to be the highlights. Uh, highlights on my video. Leech. Yeah, every time. Every time, man. Leech is definitely for a reason up there on my list. And you know, I actually have a hate for, and it's a card that like has its purpose and value in it, and it's definitely like not overpowered. But we're talking about cards that are annoying, man. I cannot. I just this mother trucker, man, hobgoblin. The amount of I, I am. Whew, I, I spared the students that that uh, of yours that might listen to this. Hobgoblin can get me. Can get me sometimes, man. He can get me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great card. He's annoying as hell, especially when you consider the Daredevil combination. It's so smooth. Sliding into that fourth spot in that location you need to win. It's so painful. Well, it's a Green Goblin a comes out in three, and you're like, ah, okay, I'll work around it. Turn five, this guy comes. You're like, well, that location's lost, and I have one turn to make it up, or the combo's done. He's up there on, like, the non-tech card list. That just annoys me. What, what about you? You know what? I'm going to say... This might be a hot take, but I am annoyed with Mystique a lot. Like, Mystique feels like such a good car, and I'm like, of course they had the Iron Man Mystique. Of course they had the Patriot Mystique. Like, talking about cards that just annoy me, Mystique has got to be so high on the list. Every time I see Mystique come out on the other side of the board, I'm so pissed off with it. It just pisses me off. I'm like, of course you had Mystique. Bro, talk, first of all, talk about Mystique. I just got my beauty. That's oh, nice. Got my Incafide. Yeah, Mystique, I... Don't know if I hate Mystique, but yes, I mean, she's, she's good. Why she's good, I was thinking about this, is Absorbing Man can't copy twice. Like, you don't get the double effect on Wong. Whereas, like, Mystique, you get it with ongoing. You get what you need. Mm. You know, you get what you need. But I could see why people, like, just, like, good cards in general. Like, I could see why people don't like her. On that note, talk about a card balance. It's fine. No big deal. It's when I see it, I just, like, I'm always like, damn it. Every single time, it's Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man, dude, I... I can't tell you. Every time, I'm like, I, I've won this one. This is my game right here. 
I hate Iron Man. Uh, it, yeah, every time, man. Robert Downey Jr., damn you. I, I'm telling you. And, and then I'm like, I'm going to put him in my deck. And I'm like, eh. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> but Iron Man, uh, again, I'm trying to pick cards that aren't like as like, you know, like, ah, Shang-Chi always destroying leader. my 12 power. I know. We're, like, we're trying not to talk about leader in a couple of the obvious yeah, ones. Yeah, leader, Shang-Chi, Enchantress, Rogue, or not Rogue, Cosmo. It's like, okay, that's... that's. You're going to hate me, though. I got one you don't want to talk about. Don't say Because she already got a little don't bit of a bonk with her. the nerf. There's no need to. It's Arrow. Okay. We got to talk about Arrow. How annoying is Arrow? Hmm? It's annoying. Admit it. No, you don't even want to say it. You know it's annoying. What now? I'm sorry. Arrow. Audio. Yeah. I yeah. Know see? Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, is, is your uh, headphones don't work anymore. Arrow has got to be one of the most annoying cards in the game because, I, like, its effect is so crazy. And I think you said it months ago that even if she was like a four, it's not a four, a five, five, or a five, six, still 100% playable. Yeah. That goes to show you how damn good the effect is. For sure. I think she hasn't gone down in value at all from 5.7. I have her... Hey, listen, I built this graphic down here. You guys can see Arrow was the card I used as the example. I knew she would be on this list. And oh, it, yes, it, right. it is... It, it's the cards that just affect what you're doing. It's, you know what I mean? It's like that. It's just so dang annoying there. I don't know if I'm ever like, damn you, Arrow, you know, but like, because I try to anticipate Arrow all the time. <laughs> like, she's my card that I'm like, here it comes, you know, it's like, it's coming. But yeah, oh, I could get, I'm sure Arrow is amongst the top of the list for plenty of players out there for sure. Do you have any other ones? I mean, I'm willing to close this off with the most annoying card in the game. There's a card that upset me so much when I saw it. So much. I literally almost punched my monitor while streaming. I had to hold it back. I had to hold back my anger because I'm not even making this up. I was so visibly upset when this card showed itself on my screen. You know what card that is? What card? It's Umbaku because I pulled it out of reserve and I had not pulled a card for like 700 levels and I got Umbaku and I almost snapped. I almost lost it, Cozy. Umbaku's the most annoying card in the game. I can't wait till Century finds his way in your little, and you're, you haven't pulled, have you pulled a, a, a full five? How dare you curse me with that? Have you pulled a pool five card? Yeah, you have. You've I got. Pulled, you've got a couple. I know. I, I don't remember. I know. I don't remember you got, pulling. You got no, Bast. I pulled Bast. You got Bast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it's getting demoted. Century. I know. Right. Century will make you be <laughs> having warm embrace with Mister Mbaku. Warm, sweet embrace. I like that as a close. I think that might be at that. There's no other way to close it. I like it. That's that is. <laughs> That is something, my man. That is something. I got in Baku as my first poll ever. And so, like, I don't know. <laughs> Remember? Dude, I, yeah. That was literally emotional damage. You were upset. Like, don't pretend like you weren't. Oh, I've healed. You know yeah. what I'm feeling. Those wounds have healed. Those wounds have healed, brother, you know. They but, have not healed for me. Yeah, it's fresh, man. It's a fresh cut. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming to the Snapchat. Uh, definitely a fun one. We've got one last week before competitive battle mode, and we're definitely going to talk about that next week. Cozy and I appreciate your support. Definitely you know, leave a positive review on uh, you know Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you might be listening. It makes a huge difference, and we just appreciate your amazing support. And everyone, have yourselves an absolutely wonderful day. And we will see you on the next one.